Thanks for joining us for the next installment of the Ropes and Gray Alumni Podcast. I'm Christine Moundis, a partner in the Healthcare Practice Group in the New York office. Today I'm being joined by my friend and Ropes and Gray alum, Jennifer Beeler. Jen and I worked together when she was with the firm from 2010 to 2017 in the healthcare group, and we continue to work together since she's left in 2017 to join Progeny as the general counsel. In October, Progeny went public, and I assisted with the healthcare regulatory portion of the IPO filings. So this has been an extraordinarily busy time for Jen, and we're really grateful she's taken time today to do this podcast with us. Jen, let's start with Progeny. Can you give us a brief summary of what the company's mission is all about? Yeah, so Progeny is a leading fertility benefits management company. Uh, the mission of Progeny is really making dreams of parenthood come true. And as a new mom myself, um, that mission really resonated with me. Progeny is redefining fertility and family building benefits, um, providing comprehensive and inclusive fertility solutions that could benefit employers, uh, patients, and physicians alike. And every member who um, is a member with Progeny has their own concierge service, which provides um, access to a network of fertility specialists using the latest science and technologies. And we also reduce healthcare costs for the nation's leading employers um, and drive clinical um, optimal clinical outcomes. So we envision a world where anyone who wants to have a child can do so. And this means so much to many of our members who can fulfill their dreams of parenthood. That's great. So moving to recent events, I know our alumni audience will be fascinated to hear about your experience in taking Progeny public. Can you talk about your role specifically, as well as any challenges you encountered in that process? So coming in as general counsel of Progeny, it's not necessarily something that I expected um, within two years to have an IPO under my belt. So the process itself uh, was challenging. The um, number of meetings alone that we've had with securities teams um, and underwriters meant that the schedule was very rigorous. And on top of that, as a trained healthcare attorney, that meant that I had to apply my knowledge base to a new body of law, which is securities. So the schedule, the rigor, and the amount that we had to do, both taking the company public, but then also running the day-to-day legal functions meant that we had two jobs for a period of about a year. So that challenge um, was difficult, but also working at Ropes has trained me for working the amount of two jobs. So Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. How did your experience at Ropes prepare you for this job overall? Yeah, um, so here at Ropes, what we had done was a lot of cross-functional staffing. We worked with different teams, and even throughout my role as a healthcare attorney and doing a lot of transactional work, I've worked with securities teams and doing some of the regulatory functions related to securities, but some of the other um, functions, risk factors, et cetera, that we've had to look at um, trained me up for um, kind of thinking through some of those elements and some of those factors, but then also just the rigor applied to the law here at Ropes. 
um, was a very helpful experience because it taught me how to think about things and um, prepared me to think through a new body of law. So you were here at Ropes for seven years. Did you have any mentors who especially influenced your career? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, what Ropes brings to the table is not just mentorship, both formal and informal, but having a um, structure whereby you're working with a number of partners who have different skill sets and a number of senior associates who also have different skill sets. So the value in that is you're learning um, different things, different elements of the law and different styles. Um, That said, there are two people in particular who were very instrumental in my career, which were Tim McChrystal and Stephen Warnke. Um, Stephen Warnke was here in the New York office and was always there to uh, as a sounding board for any of the associates, junior to more senior, um, and served as a formal mentor, I know, to a number of associates. And Tim McChrystal um, was the head of the group for a number of years while we were associates. Well, I was an associate. And he still is. And he still is, along with Debbie Gersh. Um, but Tim McChrystal and I worked on many, many private equity deals together, um, weekends, nights, <laughs> and working with him was instrumental to um, understanding not just the law, but understanding how to communicate out with clients, which I think is a critical um, learning experience. So turning back to progeny, what drew you to progeny in the first place? Um, so Progeny's mission of um, making dreams of parenthood come true really resonated with me. So as you know, I left Ropes after my second maternity leave and went right to Progeny. So I had a newborn at the time. So that meant a lot to me, being able to believe in the mission of a company. Um, And, you know, similar to Ropes, the... um, the culture at Progeny was very collegial, and it's a lot of very smart, very motivated people. And I think that type of culture is rare in um, in a company. So being able to translate some of the value from ropes to Progeny and retaining that in my day-to-day life was very important. And adding on to that, the mission of the company, which is a very meaningful mission, for me and for people in general who are looking to have families. So what do you find the most challenging and also rewarding aspects about transitioning from big law to in-house? Yeah, so so that's a really good question. I think the challenges and rewards go hand in hand. So what I found is that um, working at a law firm, oftentimes you're dealing with questions somewhat in a vacuum whereby at a company you have to deal with kind of the business components of many issues. So you're dealing with um, communicating out some of the implications of your decisions and of the, the legal um, regulatory factors that um, impact individuals at the company and impact the company itself. So that sort of... Um, thinking that is not just thinking as a lawyer, but thinking as management, thinking as a business lead is very rewarding for me. And then you also see the real-time impact of your decisions, which is something 
that you wouldn't necessarily see in the law firm setting. And it's both rewarding and then also challenging at the same time. I'm sure. I'm sure. So can you describe a day in the life of Jen Beeler at Progeny? What's that look like? <laughs> yeah. So the day of in the life um, starts with me wrangling a couple of toddlers and getting ready in the morning. But once I actually get to Progeny, um, the day continues thinking about babies, but <laughs> from a legal <laughs> perspective. So um, oftentimes what this means is I have a schedule and a number of items that I'd like to um, complete for the day. But what actually happens with my day is I'm dealing with the different um, business leads about issues that may come up or solving problems that um, individuals need to be addressed at a, on a real-time basis. So we have a number of functions within the legal group, including licensure, credentialing, uh, client and provider agreements, but we're also um, a resource for everyone at the company for any issues or problems that they may need to kind of think through in a meaningful way. So this goes back to being both challenging and rewarding. You have to put your uh, business hat on along with your legal hat, and we're um, we simply serve as a, a resource for anyone who needs to have some critical thinking skills applied to some questions that come through on their uh, their issues. So on a daily basis, we're doing a lot of problem solving, but also the day-to-day contracting, licensing, et cetera. So it sounds like sometimes the to-do list you come in with isn't <laughs> the necessarily the order of things you get yeah, to uh, almost address. Never. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, so now that you're in-house, what advice do you have for outside counsel on how they can best serve their clients? What should they keep in mind? Um, yeah, so this is something I've thought about being on the other side of the table a lot and what could I have done better as being at the law firm and also what are the things that I'm looking for now that I'm the client. Um, so one of the things that I didn't fully appreciate at the law firm is the amount of rigor and process that goes into communicating back out to clients, the process applied to drafting what may seem to be a fairly straightforward email, um, ensuring that there's rigor applied to that and you have a concise um, and on-point communication back to the client. Although there's a lot of work that goes into that, that work is worth it. Um, one of the only the other things that I will say is that timeliness and responsiveness is critical. Even if you don't have the right answer right away, it takes a lot of burden off of my shoulders knowing that I won't have to track down counsel about questions that I've asked and knowing that they're always on top of things, even if I don't get a response immediately. And then finally, um, transparency and composure of your team so ensuring that your clients fully understand your pricing model and what that means for them, and then also who is going to be the point of contact on the team and communicating that out on an early basis um, is very important. So oftentimes if you have a team of five or more people, knowing who the go-to is saves a lot of time and effort um, for the client and probably for the firm too. So now sort of... The opposite scenario, what advice do you have for people who are considering a move from big law to in-house? 
Um, yeah, so for anyone who's considering moving from a law firm or from big law into a company, um, what I would say is that you're not just a lawyer anymore. So in big law, you can often um, answer questions somewhat in a vacuum and um, deal with precise issues or you know, a very compact wrapped in a bow sort of question that your client comes up with for you. And when you're at a company, you're getting questions and issues that are presented by non-lawyers in a non-legal manner. So you have to figure out if that's even a legal question to begin with, and then understand what the legal ramifications may be and understand that you're communicating out to the non-legal teams about what this means on a day-to-day basis and what that means from a legal perspective. So you're not just a lawyer anymore. You're also um, management. You are also a business leader. So understanding how to uh, combine those two elements is something that's very important you should be ready for before you leave big law. I know you were ready for that uh, (laughs) when you left. You were very equipped for that job. So progeny was very lucky. Okay, so bringing back to your days at Ropes when we were together in the healthcare group, do you have any favorite memories you'd like to share? Well, we've had so many memories over seven some odd years. Um, But the ones that come to mind are the healthcare group, you know, other groups poke fun a little bit at the healthcare group because we act kind of as a boutique within the firm itself. And we've had a number of, you know, our cheer committee, which appointed everyone with spirit animals and also made sure that if morale was dipping, that we did things like cupcake parties. We had a corny calendar uh, exchange with page a day cat calendars. So, you know, it's the little things that are really important and the people that we were working with um, in the healthcare group especially made sure that everyone's morale was as high as it could possibly be. Yes. So those were all very good memories. As high as it could be given how busy we were and running around trying to take care of lots of uh, fires all the time. Yep. Do you actually remember your spirit animal and why you received it? Oh, I do. So my spirit animal was a killer whale, and it still is a killer whale. I I kept my plush toy that everyone got for their spirit animal. Um, and the reason I was appointed the killer whale is because we work in pods and we have our community of, um, well, whales. So I very much see uh, ropes as one of my communities. And I'd say you also got it because you're very intelligent and you have killer instincts, so... Um, I will round that out because I recall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so on that note, let's sign off here. Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Christine. We consider our Ropes and Gray community to be among our most valuable assets, and it's always great to see where people land and how their careers develop. For all of our Ropes and Gray alumni out there, please visit our alumni website at alumni.ropesgray.com to stay up to date on our alumni and to get the latest news about the firm and our lawyers. You can also subscribe and listen to this series wherever you regularly listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, or Spotify. Thanks again for listening.